It's Monday morning, it's 9.30, and it's time for Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers, and I am joined by my fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Good morning, Linda. Morning, Marianne. I've got my thank you apron on. You do? Well, good, because that's highly appropriate. <laughs> Pledge, Pledge Drive was a screaming success. It was. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, we, we surpassed our goal by 20%. It's wonderful. I, yeah. I mean, it's wonderful on every level, like being able to pay the bills and also uh, <laughs> having that really um, tangible vote of confidence from our listeners. So thank yeah. you all. Thank you, all you members. You're really you are wonderful. You are cool. You are appreciated. <laughs> thank you. And you would be invited for dinner if it wasn't for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a big thank you dinner, but never mind. We're not we're not even having like a two of our closest friends or anything. It's crazy. What have you been cooking? Um, let's see. Well, I um well I learned something about leeks. I was making some just um uh Leek and potato soup, you know, vissi Yeah. Which I really like. Yeah. And um, it's kind of your, your gateway winter soup. <laughs> <laughs> and always, I mean, you always have access to those fresh ingredients, no matter what time yeah. of year it is. That's so Yeah, great. yeah. And, and you can serve it hot or cold. When, so when you start serving it hot, that's the gateway. Yeah, Here that's, we go. That's <laughs> Get right. out the double. The beginning of the end. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> But um, I learned something about leeks, and um, I mean, I use a lot of leeks. I was actually kind of embarrassed. So, um, you know how the dark ground, dark um, green part of the leek isn't good. It's just really tough. You know, you don't use it. You just use the light green and then the the white part. So uh, a leek looks like a, you know a, a scallion on steroids. And so you just from the bottom, there's the root, and then there's the white part, the light green part, and then the leaves separate they like um start going off at a diagonal and that's where they turn dark green and where they're too tough and so I always just cut it off there and I chop off the light green and the white part but if you take that that top part that big dark green part and you just peel the outside dark green leaves away there's another really large part of it that's still light green and still usable I have always used the dark green parts by just julienning them really thin, but I never knew about the peeling thing. No, I didn't. And um, so, and I, I mean, I just, I don't, the, it just, felt, one just fell apart. And I said, hey, all this is still really light green inside. And so I topped all that up and it was just like the, the stuff that you know is good, you know. And so um, I've, wow. I've never used the dark green part by chopping it up real fine. I just, I, I, I'm always afraid that it's, you know, going to turn out like lemongrass, you know, and you're like, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, this is delicious soup. <laughs> and that's your jaw, you know. <laughs> well, um, I think that that's pretty cool because leeks are not cheap. And if you no, can uh -uh. use a whole lot, you know, twice as much of them, there you go, which is really why yeah. I chop up those leaves almost to the end, not all the way to the end, but um, I just can't stand to throw half a leak away because they cost a, you know. A, an arm and a leg. That's right. <laughs> that's well, right. yeah, so 
So um, that was great to learn. And I, I cooked it and I, I chopped them the size that I normally chop them, which is about half an inch, you know, uh-huh. and, and they, they cooked up just fine. They were so tender. They weren't tough like the, the dark green leaves. And so, yeah, that was just a little bit of an eye opener for me because I've thrown away a lot of usable ye- leeks in my life. I am, uh, I'm inspired I mean, I've used them for a long time, but I've never peeled them, and I will begin doing that immediately, because then I don't have to, like, I don't have to chop them so crazy fine. Yeah. That's wonderful. And soup. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. that time of year. It is. I did did go into a little bit of denial. I made some, um, uh, what do you call it there, Uh, tabbouleh. Uh-huh. And I had just a few pickling cucumbers left over, you know. Uh huh. And um, um, they were a little wizened, but they were still okay. I peeled them, and I topped those up um, for the, uh, you know, the salad. But do you remember in the olden days when you would buy cucumbers at the store and they were called burpless? Yes. <laughs> well, there's a reason. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I used those little pickling cucumbers, and there was so much gastrointestinal distress around this. <laughs> they were so cute, but they were so evil. You know, I think it's the seeds. I do. I think it's really? the seeds. Yeah. Because those I, little pickling ones, you can't like take the seeds out of there. There'd be nothing left. I know. I know. Oh, geez. Well, lesson learned. Yeah. But if you if you have a big cucumber and you take the seeds out, will it not do what, what the, these little rat that bastards is, did? That's right. I, okay. I, in my experience, that's all I need to do is just cut the seeds off. And, and I just, okay. you know, I cut the peeled cucumber in half and then in quarters. So you wind up w- with four wedges, basically long, skinny wedges. And mm-hmm. I just cut this, you know, run a knife down and Scoop cut the, the yeah. And okay. I think that does it. And it makes it so that you have this uh, really wonderful cucumber without having to buy the kind that costs more and is wrapped in plastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's one of the things they brag about is being burpless. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> Well, you done you made a lot of discoveries this time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been discovering? Uh, I've been discovering that no matter how badly I want corn season to last, it's over. <laughs> yeah. And so the last batch I bought was just not, you know, it had yeah. already gone starchy. Yeah, um, I'll make the noise again. That's my chewing noise. I have I have two reasonably good uh, ears of corn in the fridge and I'm going to make corn fritters tonight because I haven't done it yet and I love those and although those you can do all year round quite satisfactorily with frozen corn but I just want I I don't think that these last two ears of corn are uh, they don't merit just eating corn on the cob so I'm going to make fritters tonight yeah um, so that's my thing, but I'm also very sad because that's the it the uh, same way I feel about the end of fresh berry season, having so many fresh berries, and then suddenly never mind. Yeah. Um, well, and then you mentioned we had those like two biblical deluges. Yeah. And that pretty much did in all the berries that yep. are local. Yep, that's right. 
So although we can still get the um, apple-sized strawberries that they grow in California, <laughs> what the heck? The- or as I like to call them, exactly they're scary anyway they and and they're gorgeous uh but and and i see them like uh you know like dipped in chocolate which is what you have to do to make them taste like anything and then they just taste like chocolate but um i I, we're done you know we're done we're done with that now and and that's okay because we've gone on to wonderful more autumn-y things. Yeah. I, I, but you know what? I mean, I really like, I mean, I, I, I get a lot of strawberries when it's strawberry season here and I freeze them and um, everybody loves hoods and I love hoods, but they freeze up musty. And um, they are my second favorite strawberry, the Mount Hoods, but the, the um, Shuxans, S-H-U-K-A-N-S are my favorite because um, they freeze up. And when you saw them, they're still a berry. They're not kind of the mush that the hoods turn to. Right, right. And um, I just, you know, just keeping their physical integrity, I think, is a, a, a good thing. And they taste as good as the hoods. And so those are just a couple of, of things. And I'm really happy that I have them in the freezer so I can make, you know, like strawberry rhubarb crisp, you know, which is kind of wintry, but, um, um, but I've got the the berries in the freezer that taste so good. They're really it. good berries. And even, yeah. the, you know, even hoods, if you freeze them, they do turn to mush, but you can still use them for things oh, yeah. like sauce. No, they're and, still really delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. They're pretty good spooned over a waffle, I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that that's great to have uh, berries in the freezer, which I do not have. Uh, I'm a... Uh, I'm a grasshopper, not an ant. You know what I mean? Well, I, I got I got you covered. I got your back. <laughs> you do. You just, you me just and everybody me. else in the county. <laughs> I have uh, I I eat blueberries year round because they're available and they're uh, uh, really good frozen, as we all know yeah. and have talked about a lot. And um, I do not go to a you pick blueberry thing. I go to uh, my local community owned grocery store and buy bags of frozen yeah. blueberries uh, yeah. when there's no more fresh ones. But uh, in terms of stone fruit and corn and melon yeah. and fresh berries, we're done. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I'm uh, looking at a sunny day out my window, though, right now, and that's yeah. pretty nice. I know that it is uh, what we call a sun break. But still, yeah. it's really yeah. nice. It's really nice. Hey, uh, do you uh, ever do grain bowls? I know that you do uh, some fabulous, um, uh, like noodles with, uh, um, like teriyaki noodles. Yeah, really yeah. good. That can be yeah. enjoyed cold or warm. Uh, but I wonder if you do grain bowls at all, which are like you, you know, know um, hot, hot. I know they're really popular you know we've got a really good food cart in town that does them but um generally at my house it's called leftovers uh, yeah <laughs> and so if i do, i don't do grain bowls on purpose and i don't really know why it might just be old dog new trick you know oh uh, maybe well i but, mean i that for me that's uh, the case with a lot of stuff that that i cook <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like it depends on how much energy i have and how much time i have left to do it you know yeah. But, um, but as leftovers, you know, like, like if I make a grain, I will typically make twice as much as I need. And then the next day 
you know, I'll, I'll mix it with something else or do a stir fry or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But do you make green bowls? Well, I'm starting to, because I love them. Uh, They're not really um, my husband's idea of a a great meal, although he is a a gracious person and will eat whatever I put in front of him. (laughs) But uh, they're not his favorite thing. But if I do a you know, maybe a curry and rice for dinner and I have rice left over the next day, I will make myself a grain bowl with it because I like that. And if there's leftover steamed or roasted vegetables, even better. So, yeah. Um, well then what, what, what are your favorite things to put in? I'm like, what's your favorite assembly? Um, I love, uh, any kind of leftover, like this morning I have leftover steamed broccolini that I'm going to toss in there. I always add uh, fresh mushrooms, sautéed mushrooms, and um, whatever else, onions, any some kind of allium, maybe more than mm-hmm. one kind of allium. And then I almost always top it with uh, quick pickled cukes and onions. Um, really? Yeah, I really like that on top and sesame okay. seeds and maybe something like gomasio or or um, flaked up nori or something like that. I don't know either of those words. Oh, like seaweed, dry seaweed oh. um, just sprinkled over the top. A gomasio is a g- combination of uh, really finely chopped uh, seaweed, toasted sesame seeds, and sea salt. And it's a really okay. good... Um, condiment sprinkled over almost anything really (laughs) okay i know that you make uh curry often and i think that i'm gonna try a japanese curry uh this week because i i used to have eat enjoy japanese curry when i lived in hawaii and it's really quite different than like thai curry uh, oh, how's it different? Tell Indian me. curry. It's more of a stew. Um, okay. It, it isn't quite as, it's not as spicy. And okay. um, I looked up a recipe for it because I really wanted to give it a try. And it's got, the spices are uh, madras curry powder, garlic, fresh ginger, nutmeg. Maybe that's all pretty standard. It's got a potato. It's got potato in it usually, diced up, okay. which is interesting because it gets served over rice. But that's one of the things it's got. Um, <laughs> Buttering your cheese. I know. Can't have too much. Potatoes over rice. <laughs> <laughs> Pile on that. Fat and starch. Uh, okay. It's got Worcestershire in it, and I think that might be one of the things that makes it taste a little different. Um, okay. And it does not have necessarily hot chilies it almost never does so um i'm gonna make some tonight and serve it with some steamed rice and some kimchi and uh have the kimchi take the the place of a hot chili because i normally Mm -hmm. i would just toss a chili in there i don't care what the recipe says (laughs) but i don't (laughs) i don't have a fresh one but i got kimchi so there you go okay nice well, and then I never thought about it before, but Worcester, it does kind of have like a Japanese flavor, kind of a yeah. fish saucy little bit of thing going on with it. Tamarind in there. So, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Um, yeah. I want to take a second remind everybody that Food Talk is a co-production of, of KMUN and North Coast Food Web. Uh, those two places to do some research are KMUN.org and NorthCoastFoodWeb.org if you're interested in what's shaken out there 
we have a lot of people to thank. Uh, we have yeah. a list of people who specifically called out uh, Food Talk in a variety of ways <laughs> during <laughs> Pledge Drive, and I want to make sure that we thank them personally, Linda. I know you have a few names there. Well, yeah, we have Lynette from Seaside. Hey, do you know she is related to uh, Herman Melville? She is, isn't that something? I mean, he's are you famous. serious? Wrote, because you're famous yeah, yeah. for making yeah. He wrote um, Barnaby the Scribner, and he also wrote, um, you know, Moby Dick. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. Wow, wow! And she listens to Food Talk. What no, the no. heck? We're going to ask for a raise. That's it. <laughs> We're asking for a raise. <laughs> We've got Greta from Manzanita. Thank you so much, Greta. It's so beautiful down there. Yeah, it is. Blaine, Blaine from Astoria. Harry and Patty from Gearheart, thank you so much. A member of the vast <laughs> anonymous family uh, out of Do you know do you know Patty? Ruler. Yes. Patty was at my Patty was at my house that day that um I forgot that I had bratwurst on the grill. <laughs> oh. Oh. I, I always put um, bratwurst on the grill. You know how sometimes they say to boil them first? Yeah. And I just don't want to do that. It makes a whole new pot. So what I do is I, I put them on the grill and then I start the grill up. So I start the grill cold and that works really good. Except if you forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> How long does it take to forget about it? I mean, is it like... Oh, 70 minutes. It oh, God. And I had, I had 20, 20 ounces of bratwurst on the, the grill, and I took it off, and it weighed 3.2 ounces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, I mean, I, I'm a person who enjoys the occasional swear word, but that day it was sort of like I'd saved them up for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> Shot your wad right there. Oh my God! Oh, oh. it anyway, wasn't even you, it wasn't even uh, jerky, right? It was way past no, jerky. No, and then um, we were sitting there, you know, and it'd been like about half an hour or more, and I turned the grill off, but I left it open, you know, so you know the smoke would subside. And Dale came down with one in his hand, and he bit into it, and it sounded like he was biting, biting into like a croissant or puff pastry. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "These aren't so bad," and I'm like, "Oh my God." <laughs> You can have all three ounces. <laughs> Chitlin, Chitlin Bratwurst. Oh, God. <laughs> well, uh, Patty was in on that uh, exciting episode. So, Harry. And she Patty. learned some new words. I bet she did. <laughs> oh, it's Her a bonus. Thereof. I want to well, also. Say, I heard you say anonymous from Wheeler. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Paul, Rebecca, and Iko from Ocean Shores. Do you think Iko is their pet crocodile? It could be a child. I think so. <laughs> a snappy one? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the name. I don't know who it belongs to. Uh, yeah. Kathleen and Jean from Astoria also contributed. Thank you so, so much. And, and Carol. And Carol. Carol from Astoria, who yeah. also happens to be a Christmas song. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. Thank you all. Thank you yeah. all. Even um, those of you who did not... Uh, put a note in with your, I never put a note in with uh, my donation. I don't know. I'm lazy. Uh, and I'm just like, here, take my money. <laughs> and it seems ridiculous because when we get these uh, lists of folks from Emma at the station, makes sure that if someone has called out a particular show that we find that out so that we can say thank you to you. And I'm, yeah. I don't know about you, Linda, but I'm always so tickled to find out that somebody called us out yeah. that, that yeah. I don't know why I don't do that when I donate. Yeah. But uh, well, and then I feel I, I don't, I don't leave any notes because. 
you know, I feel like I don't listen to our show, you know, yeah. but, but right. then the ones that I do, I feel like if I say, Oh, John Stevens and his show is so good, you know, then, then, um, I, I, I'm worried you'll be mad at me, <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> but you've never been mad at me in my life. I don't know why I would think that, but no, I I, I'm, I I'm not either. being a traitor. There's just so many other shows that I really love. You There's know? so many shows and, and basically yeah. it's the radio station, right? So yeah, yeah, on, exactly. On any given day, it could be, Oh, who knows so much. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, um, I'm just grateful to everyone for, um, donating during pledge drive for helping us exceed our goal for uh securing our future and yeah um, and for participating Make, thank you yeah making life easy for us a lot easier than it could have been thank you very much yes and on behalf of all of the um all, you know all of the people out there that we pay money to to be able to continue to be on the radio uh, the you know just the utilities and the NPR programming and all of that stuff that costs money. Uh, they're all grateful to you too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're getting paid. So um, thanks. That's great. Yeah. And we're good now until uh, pledge drive wise. We're good until spring. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's really something. Yeah. I, um, uh, we grew some shell beans, some heirloom kinds of shell beans. And I, uh, okay. this year and we harvested them, Oh, a month ago, and I uh, shelled them and put them out on a rack, and they've been drying, okay. and now they're finally... The rack. The rack. And um, <laughs> they finally have dried. I just put them in a jar, but I'm going to... Uh, it's time to start thinking about uh, dried bean things Ooh, Be that I are not that. just chili. Do you have yeah. any favorite things that you do with dried beans that are not just chili? Not that I don't love chili. I do. Um. Well, bean soup, but that's basically watery chili. <laughs> yeah, your black bean soup is really good. <laughs> um, I like, um, let's see. Well, that's so interesting you said that because on um, the Bon Appetit website, they were talking about, I'm not going to remember her name, this woman, her, her recipe, and she calls it pizza beans. And what she does is she takes um, beans, white some kind of white bean and then she um you know rehydrates them and on sautés them with garlic and onions and then she um puts in tomato sauce and then she puts that on a grilled piece of toast and then puts cheese on top of it and melts it and the thing that bon appetit was talking about is is um branding your recipes because she calls it pizza beans her kids will eat it ah that's and brilliant so it's, it's the idea of making something and calling it something that people will want you know yes and I, th I thought that was really interesting it is very interesting and yeah. I like that whole idea and it's sort of a riff on you know the uh, full English breakfast the breakfast that's called full English with oh th yeah th three kinds of meat and eggs and and everything and and baked beans they have you ever had the baked beans from that because they always just look like American baked beans I you have know. not. I've never had a full English breakfast because I would have me to take either. like three friends with me. There, it's so huge <laughs> that I, I've never been tempted. Although I like all, I like all of the things that are on that plate, and I like the combination, and I like those beans on toast, um, okay. which is another classic uh, Australian and British thing: is beans on toast, like a yeah. almost a bean sandwich, and I have thought that I would try 
uh, with some of my homegrown beans to do baked beans because it's something I never do. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, more of a, I don't like the really brown sugary baked beans. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but maybe I'm not exactly sure what makes a Boston baked bean uh, Boston-y. <laughs> I don't either. But uh, I'm looking at a recipe for um, Boston baked beans right now, and it has um, salt pork or bacon, onion, garlic. Um, it has uh, uh, maple syrup, but uh, not very much. Ketchup, mustard powder, Worcestershire, um, thyme, bay, pepper, salt, and cider vinegar. That sounds pretty much just like American baked beans. Yeah. It, yeah, it does. Yeah, Boston baked beans. Yep. I'm going to try it. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to try a, ba- a baked bean recipe because uh, we like them. I usually mm-hmm. just buy a that you can buy them in tiny cans that are just yeah. like enough for two people. Um, but I think it's a good, you know, it's a good slow cooker thing to go do in the fall and winter. So, yeah. And re and nice. we could have them on toast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then think up a catchy name. <laughs> yeah. I'll come back with a good name. Uh, I, yeah. I will. <laughs> I really will. <laughs> hey, here's a weird thing. I have been, um, lately, I have been getting bad eggs. What? And Yeah, but not bad like um, stinky bad or rotten bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But when I break them and, you know, they plop into the um, bowl or whatever, the yolk breaks. So whenever that happens, I'm always oh. like, hmm. And, and so, are the um, shells thin? I've been finding that the uh, shells are thin. Oh, really? No, I didn't notice that. But okay. but what I did is that test, and that's why I'm bringing it up. I just want to make sure all seven of you out there know that if you are wondering about your egg, and whenever I have an, I mean, that that will happen occasionally. You break an egg and the yolk breaks. But um, when it does, I, I always check the egg and you put it in um, a bowl of water or, a, you know, something, something that's a little bit deep. I have a two-cup Pyrex measuring cup, and that's what, or measuring, you know, glass cup, and that's what I use. And um, um, I fill it with water and put the egg in there. And if it floats, those eggs are bad. Don't okay. use them. Right. And so um, I, I've, I don't know if it has something to do with distributors, um, you know, closing because of COVID or what. But I've, I've gotten a really significant number of bad eggs lately. And I just wanted to tell people if your yolks are breaking, just, you know, put one of the other eggs in the um, uh, in water. And if it's floating, check all of them in the carton. And if they float, throw them away. That's, you know, what are they? Not a lot of money. It's not worth the risk. Yeah, no, it it definitely isn't. And the other thing is that almost always, uh, I mean, unless you're just frying an egg for breakfast, you are mixing it with other ingredients, and you're risking wasting a whole lot more than one egg um, if you yeah. if you yeah. break it right into a bowl of ingredients or a pan yeah. of ingredients. So uh, better safe than sorry. And also. Along that line, uh, there are a lot of people in our world. There are a lot of local people selling uh, fresh eggs that yeah. uh, have not been shipped, have not been uh, refrigerated for weeks. Not that eggs won't last really well for a very long time, but it's yeah. nice to um, get those eggs, you know, harvested in the morning. You buy them in the afternoon. So yeah. uh, there's there's lots of ways to do that. There's a locally owned, uh, community owned grocery store in Astoria. There um, is the 
North Coast Food Web's Thursday market has lots of egg purveyors. Yeah, I mean that started as Egg Day, the the yeah, market at the Food Web. It, sure it was did. how the the local vendors got their eggs yeah. to the public at large. And even driving around, I'm sure this is true in Pacific County and a lot of places that uh, receive KMUN. Um, just driving around, you will see signs in a yard that say fresh eggs, you know, and I think yeah. that that's a way to really get fresh eggs, <laughs> which <laughs> ups the ante for them being good, you know what I mean? Hey, yeah. um, it turns out we're running out of time. No. I know, I know. <laughs> We could go on forever, and I'm sure that there are people who listen to Food Talk and feel like we have, but <laughs> we have to stop. <laughs> so I just want to say um, thanks so much, Linda Perkins, and um, we'll I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. And thanks to everybody who donated to the Pledge Drive, and thank you, Marianne. Thank you so much. Is it my chicken or my dumplings that keeps him coming back for more? Is it my chicken or my dumplings? I never 